1: Humans. Welcome back to the Schmo Zone podcast. This is episode number 73. I'm Dave Schmulenson, a.k.a. The Schmo. My co-host is
0: Helen E with Helen Sports.
1: And I'm very excited for today's guest. It's a power couple in MMA and the UFC. It's JP and Cheyenne Bays.
2: thank you thank you for having us
1: of course actually should it be jp bays and cheyenne buys is that the better way to put it
2: that's the perfect (laughs) way to. that's the only way to put it (laughs) okay just
1: making (laughs) sure yeah
3: he he controls the money because he doesn't like me buying shit (laughs) our our last name fits me perfect
1: (laughs) yeah well hey you've certainly been making some headways lately a couple weeks ago i think you went pretty viral with uh your performance bonus over there at UFC Vegas 32, and I know before that, because I've been watching you guys come up too, I remember your contender series fight, and then also you guys fought in the same fight card too before this most previous performance and I know that you've lived in South Africa, you've lived in Texas, you met here in Vegas, you're back here in Vegas, we'll get into all of that, but what's life been like for you the past couple of weeks?
3: Well, the last few weeks it's definitely been a lot better since the fight's over now um you know we came back here about 8 weeks ago now so came in here just few 7 weeks before my fight uh those 7 weeks we we went through a lot of adversity in those 7 weeks and since the fight life's obviously been it's been like an emotional stress relief for us like to get this fight under underway like it was definitely a uh, a,
2: a, roller g- a roller
3: coaster camp I mean Obviously our debuts did not go the way we wanted to the world was kind of like against us So going into the second fight, I knew I had to make a statement and the fact that I did and yeah, you know, We we got that bonus uh, things have just kind of fallen into place a little bit for us, but Since then I can definitely say we've been a lot happier since the fight
0: And that's awesome and you guys definitely deserve all the great things and I love just watching all the support and the love that you guys have for one another. But has your life changed a lot since, you know, you went viral and the performance bonus and everything?
3: Not really. Actually, you know, I got all that attention in media. And, you know, when you grow up and you're watching, like, the UFC, it's like you can't wait for them to, like, post about you, like, win a performance bonus. Like, it's stuff like when I was a kid I couldn't wait for. And then when it happened, I kind of just, like, ghosted away from my phone for a little bit like past few days after that. Like I don't want to feed into any of the hypeness of myself right now. Like I kind of like, I'm very grateful for what happened and what happened for my family with the money, but um, you know, i kind of just been home with my my animals, my husband and just kind of had like alone time to kind of just, you know, settle back down and now hopefully he can get a fight and I can get another fight, but yeah, we just, we've just been Not, chilling.
2: Nothing has really changed. Nothing She's still has just changed. buying all the shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> what kind
3: of stuff, though? Oh, I d- bought, okay, like, the first thing I bought was just my animals, like, 100 toys. That's a lie. No. She,
2: she bought a dog before the okay. fight. Okay, yeah, so before the <laughs> fight, was the I was really broke. was the first thing she bought was a dog.
3: <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. So before the fight, like, two weeks before the fight, uh, you know Eric Nixick? Yeah. You know how he got a new puppy, right? Yeah. Okay so we brought the puppy to the gym and we have a frenchie ourselves and we've always wanted another frenchie and then when he brought his frenchie into the gym we were like oh wow what a beautiful frenchie i went online and i followed the breeder and she actually her daughter trains at xc so she was like oh i can show you all my puppies at the gym and i'm like yeah bring them that em. No, that was, that was, that a was a fail. the beginning well, we of the end and that. then <laughs> she brought the puppies and i'm sitting there and it's like not even two two weeks before my fight and I was like oh my god I cannot leave here without a dog and she's like okay well this dog's kind of like expensive expensive and I was like okay I have no money I was like I got nothing and so basically she was like okay you can take the dog and then after the fight you can pay me so that was the first thing I had to buy was was buy the dog off
1: but where are you guys living because didn't you just pack up all your stuff like seven eight weeks ago and moved to Vegas where are you guys staying right now
3: so we actually, we have a house, we, we're renting. But when we first came here, we actually just drove here. We didn't have a house. We didn't have an Airbnb. We actually got money loaned we to us. We it out
2: in Arizona. Once we yeah. got to Arizona, we are like, okay, <laughs> now we need a place to stay. We had
3: five animals, four animals with us in the car. And we were like, we have nowhere to go. But we knew that we had to come here to Vegas to, for, for the camp and to move back here. Like it was better for us for a lot of reasons. But when we came, we had no house and then we got a loan to get an airbnb but then we didn't realize that the Airbnbs so expensive right, i mean we it. we paid like
2: f- right now the market
1: the market it,
3: it was nuts
1: we just saw like a statistic that the mean average house in vegas is over four hundred thousand, which i think is the it's highest never been, today. It's, not
3: it's never high been high like ever. This. when it, i left here three burst. years ago it's gonna get more
0: it was Rots, so cheap yeah. oh, I, I remember
1: oh it was
3: so cheap three years ago time. so when I was when we were driving here, I'm like, okay, we can definitely just get an Airbnb. With the loan that we got from someone, I was like, we can definitely get an Airbnb till my fight. We just need seven weeks. And then after the fight, yeah, no. That, <laughs> that Airbnb for like days. 12 days was like $2,000. And that's that was for a tiny apartment. Gone. And that was not even letting them know that we had four animals. I mean, you know, so I was too. like, yeah, what they thought. I don't even think they thought we had any animals. Like I could not risk paying more than 2,000 for 12 days. So we had the 12 days in the Airbnb and then we're like if we stay for another six weeks or five and a half weeks, that's gonna be like five, six grand. So we had to get another loan and might as well have gotten the uh, house to rent because it actually worked out cheaper than getting another Airbnb for that time. Cause it would have been like another five G's. The only
2: thing that sucked was we had to get into an empty house. Yeah. So we got into an empty house. We borrowed a mattress from our friend. My friend. <laughs> we got a mattress. We went to Walmart, got a coffee pot, a two like, like a two <laughs> two cup two coffee food, pot. But at least with like all the help from the PI and stuff like the bed and the coffee pot made it. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> so
3: PI was wonderful this fight camp. Like they did a lot for us.
1: That's excellent. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I'm sure you inadvertently created uh, from this, the stir that's been created from your, your victory, your post-fight celebration, this topic of fighter pay that the media just loves to talk about. And I think your situation kind of reopened this can of worms. And I think even Dana White's kind of addressed your situation again since that, too. Um, and I'm sure that wasn't your agenda by having the conversation all, oh, you were just being real, you saying your situation. I was just talking situation. about
3: my, pr- I wasn't yeah. even, it, it kinda sucks like they addressed it as if like I was complaining. Right. I wasn't, I was just happy that, like I fought with the biggest chip on my shoulder. I got headlocked for like the whole freaking fight, my debut. I was, got disrespected after, and then so when I went into this fight, I was broke as shit. I had nothing to lose. I mean, I had all eyes on me. They put us as co-main event, so I was like, man, they're giving me a second chance. Like, I gotta go out there and I gotta fuck this girl up. Like, that was all I was thinking of. So like, when I was happy, like, I knew with my performance, that was 50G. I was like, hell yeah, we did it. So like, when I was talking about my family and like, I kept saying like, oh, I left, I left, like, we struggled, which not just, us but there's fighters that struggle worse Everyone. than us yes. so I can't even oh, imagine no. like I know for the past two months our life has been the worst it's been in a long time but I mean I didn't mean for it to sound as if I was complaining but it did bring up a whole conversation to that
1: 100% just your raw authentic emotions kind of reopened it and I think for your situation both you two you, you came up through the circuits to the regional circuits and grinded your way to these UFC contracts yeah. and there are you're not the only one in your shoes I mean in your shoes in particular you have the stage you have the performance that's why I think it's all up to the forefront but I mean so overall I mean JP chime in what is what are your feelings for what this is kind of stirred into the narrative
2: I think a lot of people think that she was complaining about it, but instead she was just telling the story of the struggles we faced. Like, I mean, people don't know, like, yo, we stayed on a mattress and this little stove. Like, we're happy we got the money. We're not saying, oh, it's too little. We're like, yo, we're grateful for the money. Thank you for giving us the money. They think that we're complaining about the money. And I think just as fighters, Like in general, fighters don't get paid enough, but I don't think as humans, any of us will ever be satisfied with what we make. So regardless of what job industry we're in, we're always going to want more. You might get a great payday now, but then the next one you're going to want more. So I think it's kind of like, it's a coin toss. It's always going to be bad. It can always be good, but it can go back to bad. That's just what I think. Yeah,
3: like our first fight, we made total 20 grand. That was 10 and 10 you know, and then this fight, I knew I was fighting 10 and 10 again, cause I lost. So I'm um, like, when I spoke, like I was fucking stoked. And like
2: we, <laughs> we, we like, up until now, we've pretty much been paying to fight. I mean, I competed in the Contender Series in 2017, but at the time I was living in South Africa, I had to take a loan to come out here to fight, budgeting on five and five to win. And then I lost, so I got the 5,000 purse, but they already deducted tax. So I got home with like 3,300 after loaning money. It's like right now we paying up until this payday. She just got saved us, but when we both fall like after paying coaches, teammates, taxes, you pretty much
3: people break see even. a big number, but after payouts and all that, it's Stunny. not that much.
1: I agree. You gotta pay. Mm-hmm. There's everything. You, everyone part of your fight camp too. There's fighters that they want to bring in sparring partners too. You know, you have to pay for that. You have to pay for their meals, their mm-hmm. travel, and everything. But just to kind of ask you this question to reiterate: Was the payday you guys have been getting in the UFC the biggest paydays you had get received to date for fighting? Just yeah. to confirm, hundred percent. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. By far. 24. And I know um, earlier you mentioned that, you know, hopefully we see JP back I in the so. octagon. Yeah, when, so. when can we expect that? Man,
2: I've been joking around with people that ask me, yo, are you fighting? I'm like, I don't know, maybe maybe the UFC or someone's mad at me because I was scheduled to fight July 31st, same time as her. I, I got replaced by Ryan Benoit. I was signed to fight the Russian guy. I think. No, Uzbekistan. the Uzbekistan guy, the so kickboxer. I was set to fight him, but then like 10 weeks out, I already had struggles with making weight. Like, I've, I've bumped up to 135 since 2017, but then moving to Texas, the coach wanted me at flyweight. I made the weight, won the contract. They didn't really get hit in that fight, but then in my contender fight, in, in the UFC debut, every time I got hit, like, I wouldn't even be knocked out, but I would be falling all over the cage. I'm like, I'm fine, but I'm so concerned about the ref and, like, defending myself. So we made the decision, came out here to do the testing with the PI and they figured out that I've been cutting 15 pounds of fat free muscle just to make that division. That's without cutting water. So they're like, we don't advise you do that. So I would out the fight like eight, eight weeks yeah. so that they could find the guy another opponent. I don't think it's fair on him that like I keep him in the loop so I withdraw myself hoping that maybe they'll give me a fight at 135 same night as her. But that didn't happen. And right now, like with us leaving the previous team, I lost my manager. So there's no direct contact of me and the UFC as of right now.
1: So you guys left 4-7 May, Coach Saif right. Sahood. So did that go very well? I know he's a passionate guy. Right. Did that go well? Was it clean, like yeah. With yeah. everything? And yeah, I
2: mean, obviously there's there's reasons to why we had come out here. And there's a lot of personal reasons that brought us out here, but a lot of the things he couldn't argue with. It's like, yo, these are serious problems. We have to address it for ourselves, mm-hmm. which he was very understanding. He was obviously trying to keep us there to be part of the team. The team is great. Mm-hmm. But, but we just needed a little bit more from, other, from other aspects of life, you know? I I was running wrestling practice there and then I get in my fights and I get out-wrestled. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, I need a coach. I need someone to tell me, do this, do that because I would run wrestling practice, but if I get there and I'm tired on that day, then I'm like, yo, we're gonna do this and this and this.
3: It's not good to be your own coach right now, <laughs> in, especially yeah. in the UFC, it's but not good. The, the separation
2: yeah. has been great. Yeah. Like he, he was understanding, he supported us coming here. Yeah. We bumped into him before Cheyenne's fight he spoke to him. He was nice,
3: Everything. I mean, everything's cool. I mean, it sucks when you leave a team, no one likes it, but uh, we love that team and we support everyone from there still.
1: Well, the beauty you guys have discovered, too, is you can train here and you have the resources of the UFC PI. So you have recovery, you have nutrition, you have science to help you guys with all aspects of your camp outside of just your team. Yeah. The
3: PI has been wonderful. When I left Vegas was three years ago, actually, and I only left to go be with him in South Africa. So that was my reasoning for leaving Extreme Couture and Vegas. I loved Vegas, and when I was leaving, I was one in – one and one as a professional when I left here. So coming right. back here and being in the UFC, it's it's crazy. I, I don't see why more people don't move here for the PI.
1: It's a, it's a good kept secret.
0: And you guys met at Extreme Couture, right? actually through 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 yeah Yeah.
2: i I was fishing from far away i was (laughs) fishing from africa i was trying to fish all the way here
3: yeah my old (laughs) not my old coach he's my coach again now (laughs) dennis davis he was the one who's actually he was in south africa cornering one of our teammates against me against him against me. i was cornering a friend
2: against dennis
3: yeah but afterwards they they went out they got drunk and this guy Sometimes. was like, oh, who's, <laughs> who's the
2: hottest girl? Who's at the, the hottest at girl? The, and he's <laughs> like, I think you like Cheyenne. She's about your age. Yeah. Then I started fishing yeah. like, on social media, but.
3: Then he tough decided fish, to yeah. get a plane ticket to Vegas and, and then since. he
1: brought you out to South Africa. You were there for what, fifteen months yeah. before you convinced JP, or or you both decided together to come oh, it was back time, to the US. It was it time, was to, time get to get out, out, out of yeah.
3: Africa. africa's fucking wild.
2: <laughs> like we we it's literally wild. got out October 2019, and then I mean, all the shit hit the fan with the yeah. world going to end like that next February. Yeah. Yeah. So we got out within like four months, and we it's, if we got stuck in Africa, our careers would be done. Yeah.
3: Like well, look at Don Madge, Drickus, I mean, Drickus my They're struggling
2: had, to get fights. Yeah, it's they been get, crazy. They're still in lockdown. My parents still have a curfew of, you're only allowed out between this time and this
1: time. It's Sounds crazy, crazy. It's how crazy. people talk about oppression in the United States. There's lockdowns where you just said, I know that's going oh. on in Australia yeah. Yeah. too. Wild. It's wild.
3: Right?
1: Yep. It, it's, it's fascinating to me, the amount of uh, power that's right. being taken away throughout this, and, and you the can't politics, get it back. and you can't, you can't get it, get it back, and
2: it will never get back to that point. I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Uh, even now, like, look at Vegas is going back under mask mandate. I feel like Vegas will go under another lockdown.
1: If I the people not. allow it to, yeah,
3: can, I feel like the people.
2: How can you lose your power to the point where you can't say what you want to drink freely? Like for example in South Africa you can't buy alcohol right now, they say because of COVID that would spread alcohol. <laughs> so no alcohol sales, no tobacco. No
3: no cigarettes. Like sales. what
2: grown up can not decide what he wants to drink? That's, that's just crazy. total control.
3: I mean I don't support that's cigarettes that. anyways, but that's bad. I mean, that, it makes people go crazy. There was actually just there was a, like a there. was
1: like a little war going on. And if people actually studied history and saw how every civilization up until this point is inevitably ended, it doesn't matter if you're the Romans, the Persians, you know, the ancient Greeks, they've all ended. It's all led to the same part where people at the top taking total control and everybody else being subordinate S- like to them slaves, yeah. like slaves. And, you know, that's what makes this country how so great. Feel. This country is only a couple hundred years old. Mm-hmm. Right. And if... If you take away from that one document that our forefathers, and sure they were imperfect, they wouldn't fit in today's society, slaves were legal back then, it was a different world we lived in. And it wasn't right, obviously, but it was what they had, it was the best situation. And to think that document has survived this long, and to this date, and people been able to live freely in the most democratic or free liberal, like, republic that we have, like, shit you give that away what are we going to turn into mm-hmm.
2: right and it's it's like you say back then our ancestors and stuff like slavery was legal and it it pretty much still is the same thing right now you get paid some money but you're still basically a slave a lot of people wake up go to a job eight to five and they live that life till they die yeah you're pla- you're a paid slave yeah you're getting peanuts. Okay, you're not happy Never, to be this slave. Raise. You get a little bit more money. Just stay here until you die.
1: You're a slave to the corporation, and the corporations were the only ones that kind of were bulletproof throughout this entire pandemic. And then when you decide right. what's an essential job and what's the not essential job, you can leave the Walmarts and the big chains open, but you force the mom and pops to shut down. You're right. losing all of that. You're losing small business. You're losing entrepreneurship. Yeah. yeah. Well,
3: I, if, even the other end, day. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Just the other day, we were at the phone store and we didn't have our mask on because like we're the type of people like we're not going to live our life in fear we get tested all the time we're professional athletes we're healthy maybe if the government would just fucking tell someone to put down the burger eat a salad maybe people would do it but these people were like what did they say they were like what you guys aren't scared and no like, no
2: this this guy we just in the store and i mean if someone says before going into the store put this put shit the, on put then the mask put on, it on we'll or put it on don't put it on if not, I'm gonna try my luck to not put it on. But then this guy walks into the store and like everyone's stuff is like under their nose. No. And the first comment he makes loud when we're all talking amongst each other is like, "What are you guys trying to kill everyone now wearing masks?" Yeah. And I'm like I, like, I could like I that's like, not what I'm doing. But and he's like, "No, I'm just joking." And someone asks us for a photo. And then while they take the photo, the guy makes the, the same off. comment. The, the guy makes the same comment. He's like oh, this, this photo is going to pop up on the news. Two MMA fighters are trying to kill people without masks in AT&T or something. I'm like, why do you keep speaking like but that? But then just afterwards,
3: negative. they were like, when I told them, I'm like, oh, we don't live our life in fear. Like, I'm like, we're healthy. I was like, we never even tested positive for it. I was like, I'm not saying it's not real, but, you know. And then Definitely only agreed. after when I was like, you know, we're, we're athletes, we're healthy, like, we get tested, like, why must we, must we be scared and wear it? And then he was like, Oh, you know, you're right. Maybe if they promoted health and uh, fitness, I'm like. D- it's
2: like You guys look healthy, don't look like you're gonna die.
3: I'm like, it's not that, I but do. this world is being controlled by what this TV and person behind a camera is saying, but yet that person behind the camera is actually not even knowing what the fuck he's saying half the time. Financial <laughs> yeah.
1: agenda. It's it's all about picking a side and try, people trying to pick the right side. and unfortunately i think this is here to stay but if you think about it too this is just you know it's a very potent version of the flu there's a fine line between a difference between a virus and a disease Mm -hmm. this is a virus this isn't a disease hiv you know that that type of stuff that can kill you this can kill you too but the best thing you can do and you set yourself is to take care of your health if if we came at things with a proactive approach rather than a reactive approach people will be so much better off. Vitamin D is helpful. Things that can help you live a longer life, things to improve your longevity. At least if that was part of the narrative, you can you can use your fair tactics all you want, you can mandate things a lot better if you actually are enforcing things that scientifically scientifically help you be a healthier person.
3: Exactly, I never on TV turn on the news and see them promoting health and fitness like, I oh, never closed
2: see a 100 burger places or something Yeah to I, try I know I always see like do cigarette
3: alcohol interviews but like people fee- like people are unfortunately they're going to feed into what they see all the time and unfortunately our TV here is shit they're the I, I just wish that it's controlled it's all Yeah controlled. I just wish yeah, that there was things too. that were you know health and fitness related because i mean luckily we never got tested positive but i mean we also take care of our health
0: yeah and that's what we would talk about even last year when things first shut down david was like we need to you know stay healthy and stay active and get your vitamin d eat yeah. clean like sleep well just try to be healthy if anyone on here is listening take care of your health and fitness. yeah 100%. that's
3: all that's all it is is don't live your life in fear.
1: The number one killer, especially in this country, so many people are obese, right? Yeah. Over 40%, but the number one killer is like heart disease, cardiovascular, like shape, it's it's absolutely terrible. Sugar is the number one enemy, and that's all we do is promote we promote soda, everything. we promote fast food because it's follow the money. There's money in it. Corporations yeah. and everything like that. That's mm-hmm. the agenda. At least address the truth behind it and not ignore everything else. You can, if you want to ignore this uh, or if you want to acknowledge this, this is a real pandemic, it's a virus, that's totally fine. But don't ignore the obvious killer here, which is sugar Mm -hmm. and money for the big corporations.
2: When the world shut down, everyone was like going nuts to buy training shit and everyone bought so much shit for their house and every day push up, push up up challenge, this challenge, that challenge, and then the world opened up, no one's going to gym, but no one's also using their house shit.
3: Yeah. It's crazy. Just train. I'm over it. Eat your shit,
2: but at least train so that you can train that shit off. But yeah, but like I look at the
3: athletes that have tested positive. So for like me. I luckily don't know anyone that died or got sick with, I mean, know people that have tested positive, but never was super ill. But like for me, I look at my industry only and I look at the athletes that have tested positive. I mean, I speak to some athletes who are like, yeah, I tested positive, but I have absolutely no symptoms. I'm, I'm home, but I'm doing something. I'm in the sauna. I'm trying to sweat it out. Like they're actively trying to feel better. But then I look on TV and I see on my phone, on Facebook, these people sick with COVID. And they're like on breathing machines, but yet when they go home, they're back to drinking, smoking, cigarettes. and that's the stuff that kills you, people. Like, I, I'm not gonna go outside and be scared of fresh air. <laughs> I'll be scared of people smoking those cigarettes near me and, like, you know, just take care of your body. I mean, you know? I
2: eat a lot of shit. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I eat a lot of shit. That's why, I mean, I guess I had to bump up a division as well. I eat a lot of shit, but th- there's a balance. If you yeah. wanna eat shit, eat shit. Do something to cancel that shit out, like one for one at least. Hundred percent to make yourself feel better at least. But
3: But three
2: three burgers ain't gonna digest themselves. Like you need to go run that shit off.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> you gotta live, you gotta have your cheat day, yeah, but you sure, have to, or yeah. your cheat meal, but then yes, you have to work it off. Yeah, yeah i not saying eat lettuce Even sauna all day every day. or something, but
2: like, you can't let it just sit on you.
1: Uh, yeah, I tell Helen every day, just sweat every day, you just know, sweat every, every, yeah. every day. It yeah. doesn't matter what the workout is, just sweat right. every day.
2: It's like someone needs to step in shit and then not go wash themselves and just stay in that, like, no, like, that shit needs to get off. You're gonna go shower, get it out of you. Yeah. yeah. Same with no, this.
3: Definitely. Anyone listening, if you're someone who's scared of this pandemic, don't be scared. Get in the gym, get in the sauna, sweat every day. That's For our sure. advice.
1: <laughs> so, I, I think on our way over to the podcast studio, Helen and I were trying to think uh, who probably spends more time together as a couple, us or you two? Uh, uh, we win. Guaranteed.
2: We really? up each other's asses uh, 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 all
0: day.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah, do, yeah do you go to the here. grocery store or no? I do. I
2: cook. Wow.
0: I, did, did I you go the- with the- him to the grocery store? Mostly. I would yeah. say
2: nine <laughs> times out of <laughs> ten, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. It's, it's fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's we're, we're done. We're he, done.
0: We do
3: everything together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm going to the store. You want to go? he would be like, why must I go to the store with you? I'm like, bitch, why must I go with you everywhere? This, this morning, <laughs> I had
2: therapy. I had therapy and some blood work. And I woke up. And I'm like, are you going to come? And she's like, no. I got in the car, <laughs> sent her a text. I was pissed. I was like, I thought you were coming. Now I got to go over here on oh my, my own. She's no. like, Oh, it is
3: is your shit. Yeah, I'm like I don't <laughs> want to sit down in the PI while you get blood work. That's
1: true. Well, yeah, well yeah. you could you could do the recovery but though. But did she think I, I want to sit there and do the wasn't blood scheduled. work?
2: Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to sit there either, but I did it.
3: <laughs> no, but we are together all day every day. 24/7 a day. Yeah. I don't
0: think we're ever really separated.
3: Even when
2: she folds the laundry, she's like, "You wanna help me fold the laundry?" <laughs> no, I don't.
0: Yeah, I when he's cooking, he's like, "Hey, can you uh, help me a bit?" Yeah, and I'm like, "But I'm gonna wash the dishes." Yeah, that's and nice. Then he'll get mad if I don't help. Well,
1: well, okay, all right. Sorry. I digress. Well, I did
0: cook last <laughs> night. You did yeah, first shot. She's like, oh "I
1: cooked." She's like, "I did."
0: Listen, I cooked last night.
1: I'm not gonna spend the time defending myself at all here. I'm here to ask you guys a few yeah, questions. Right. Too. But when and and, and this is good for us knowing too but and, and for both of you guys when do you turn off how do you turn off the switch between you know being the significant other and being the training partner and helping for the career because there's a business side and there's obviously the personal side and I know it's so damn difficult so, to not blend it two because that's bad. something we run into yeah. all the time it, it's
2: still tough I mean we still bump into it where we would be on the mat and even though I just have to be a body to mimic something for her I would want to mimic it, but also tell her what she's doing wrong at the same time. It's like, yo, like, keep quiet, just be a body at now, but.
3: No, I'll say, when we were at Fortis, he was basically my head coach. I mean, I know Safe was, but if I break down coach, I mean someone who teaches me, um, who coaches me. And that was him, he was basically my head coach over at Fortis, and that was the worst thing ever for us I mean he was my head wrestling coach and I had a jujitsu school but he also coached jujitsu, jitsu and I mostly did his classes so he was basically my head coach for wrestling and jujitsu, jitsu and we didn't have a striking coach so we were each other's was striking coach older too. We, he was like everything <laughs> for me like you know um you know safe didn't hold pads for us so like we had to build our own like striking garage gym so we built our own gym and we coached each other and that was fucking terrible. It's I, I mean, it was. It's good because it, I mean. No, it was ass. It was I'm ass. Actually, it's okay, easier it's now. When
2: we were when we started, we went to Africa. That coach was like that coach is awesome. Right? Like he let anyone train with anyone. I yeah. can train with a big guy, and she could train with a big guy. But there's an understanding. But he put us together, and after the first two minutes, he. You two will never train together. The first again. time we
3: ever uh, sparred it was just technical sparring. So it was to no, be it like wasn't. super it was light.
2: Real but he was
3: <laughs> he was talking shit before the, the sparring. He was talking shit saying I said oh, your kicks
2: are your your kicks are good, it don't work. Because 'Cause that's. I'm a
3: taekwondo girl, so he's a wrestler, I'm Fuck a taekwondo girl, so we're complete opposites <laughs> in the sparring. And so first time we ever sparred and he was like it's just technical sparring and the coach was like twenty percent. So that's like touch you know and oh
2: hell no, no. And I'm technical hell. sparring with shin pads and everything she's so, technical sparring without shin pads yeah
3: cuz we weren't supposed to go hard but then when I went with him I was like I was like let's go and the coach was like I don't know and then I was like no we're fine and then uh because we're you know we're new you know you would think being a new couple tell them
2: what you did yeah no I tell drop it.
3: kicked him <laughs> and then <laughs> I,
2: him.
3: I dropped kicked him and I walked over to him I was like yeah my kicks gay now and I was, like, talking shit to him. And then he gets up, and he beat my ass. I mean, he calf-kicked me to the point... I mean, he kicked me off the mat. I, I was... Uh, I couldn't oh walk. Oh, she
2: she... I mean if she did it and she kept quiet i if but now you keep talking shit, you know like
3: <laughs> yeah i definitely talked she's a lot like, of yeah shit. i
2: told you i told you and i'm like yeah like okay good job yeah. and she's like now what do you have to say and then i was like okay okay like, and then he
3: got up and he just beat my <laughs> ass but
2: that coach was like you guys can't train together yes. not even drill because we would argue i'd be like you did this no i didn't so it's like okay we're
3: very dominant people don't
2: get too this, and it was just like we, we had, had other training partners but we had like four pro practices a week of martial arts, and then we had a lot of other practices, which we were doing like sixteen practices, but a lot of it was on our own and with each other.
3: So we had to learn to have. So a good that was
2: hard. But now back at X C, it's like I'm like yo, like this and this. It's like yo, you don't need to do that anymore, like. Go worry about yourself over there. So I've been trying like get I my own like thing. I feel
3: like he was like kind of like upset though when that happened. Yeah, like was. when we came, yeah, okay, I not kind of. Upset. He I was. was. Like, now,
2: now I'm like. She like <laughs> used to <laughs> get out of here. Because like, now I'm back at ass. XC.
3: Like, though, I have my old coaches back: Ray Sefo, Dennis Davis. You know, they were my head coaches before, and they, you know, they cornered me for a lot of fights. And so when I came back to them, I was like, okay, She's now like, you got me and my husband. My knowledge husband. is trash but i told him i was like i don't want you as my coach anymore like we're zero and one in the ufc are we not anymore not anymore (laughs) but at the time i'm like we're zero and one we need to not be coaching each other like we're too young in this game and i feel like that going back and having our having head coaches uh to corner us and like coach us hold pads for us i mean it was a big game changer for like my last said, fight
2: business side of things is even more difficult it's like oh, it, it was tough to to it manage the business side is hard but like for us to shut down I think is a little easier than for you guys because at the time only one can fight even though we both fight in the same night or whatever it's like right now it's all her or right now it's all me so like this this past week I said this morning to some people I said this past week we had was tougher for me than the seven weeks at camp, just because of like, in camp, it's like you brush everything to the side and it's like, you store it. And then after the fight, such a big like stress relief, because it's like maybe she steps on my toes somehow. I don't want to say shit right now, because she has a fight. But then after the fight, I'm gonna say something about it. And it's like, so I shut down until her time is done. But then when the time is done, then I come out with freaking guns blazing with yeah. all my ammo. It's like on the twenty eighth of April you did this shit and that and this Like yeah. I wanna start making a list
0: about shit. Yeah.
3: But it, it was tough. I'll say that it was tough. But now it's a lot
0: better. Do you guys prefer fighting on the same card too? We don't mind
3: it. I mean yeah. we did it for LFA and that was nice because he was at Ban and Wait for that fight. But right. the debut that was tough i mean we had three months of a fight camp we had 12 weeks 13 weeks to prepare for that fight we both got the call the same day or two days together so we knew we were on the same card they called him for 25 which we were like fuck like that's such a tough cut like that's 45 50 pounds like so luckily we had 13 weeks to prepare but in those 13 weeks i mean Imagine I'm eating full meals every day and he's eating such little food every day and for 13 weeks It was rough and then I mean, yeah, that was that was bad. I but besides that like m- him being back at 35 All day like that's a be- way better cut for him.
1: Is this the permanent stay at 35 yeah. for you? Yeah, Okay. I don't yeah. I'd never want to see that we, we didn't again. want ever. to even
3: ever see 25 ever. but when an opportunity calls for a contender, you can't say no, you know
0: but ideally for you, when would you like to return and any opponent?
2: I mean, if they phone me today, I'd be happy. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just said, like, anywhere. If if they phone me with any date of two weeks, it would be, like, perfect. Because then I'd be like, okay, I don't have to kill myself with the wake. Right now I can make weight, like, pretty quick. I walk around much lighter than what I was. So, I mean, any time. And opponents... I mean, I'd like to fight that green-haired guy. Chris Chris Moutinho. Moutinho. He got got (laughs) shot up there, so like it's like we're not in the same category of speaking now because I got my ass kicked here and he got his ass kicked there, but we both got our ass kicked and he got shot past me.
0: David, a, make it happen I'll
1: see. You know, he messaged. He, he <laughs> went in the DMs a week and a half ago too. I have a good relationship <laughs> with Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley is yeah. on the okay. Th- he was on the podcast that week of that fight too. Uh, but yeah, no, Chris Moutinho, I, mean, right? I have he
2: nothing even? against him. No, He's it's a great, just fight. Just great, great that. guy. It, a, great it makes fight, fight, but Yeah, we're both you two up are.
1: There. Yeah, we're both you two are in the career It's a good fight and. Um, Real quick, I am going to interject okay, for yeah, today's no, sponsors. Good. Yeah, the sheath underwear. Very comfortable pair of underwear. Got a pair for you. I think oh, with 135, you're medium. <laughs> yes I'll have sir. a pair for you too. They have a women's line. It's dual pouch protected Robert Patton. He's an Iraq war veteran. He created this concept too of having the separate pouch for your shaft to keep the keep your balls, you know, nice, <laughs> nice. and dry. <laughs> keep it dry, right? Because they would Derek stick Lewis to yourself. Derek Lewis needs that. He, he definitely needs that yeah. too. We, gotta give that. we got XXL now too. got to give that <laughs> to him. Uh, yeah, there different colors, super go, comfortable shit. You, you know, Ed. a lot of the UFC fighters uh, wear it. To Sheathunderwear.com, use the promo code Schmo to get twenty percent off. It's a game changer, man. Especially here in this Vegas heat. I'm yeah. excited. Uh, it's comfortable. Yeah. Check them out. sheathunderwear.com Um keep your balls cool. Keep your balls cool. Yeah, yeah. so I wanted to throw that out at you, but <laughs> I do love that yeah. idea of Chris Matino. Yeah. Um yeah. I, I just think when we watched when that fight, we're like, up, like
3: that's great. Like, Sean
2: O'Malley stock ripped him up, you know, he jumped yeah. big, and I think that he could do the same to me, you know, like he can pull my stocks up again. Yeah. He 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 passed me by losing a fight.
3: Yeah. yeah, he he lost also, but he got made a He's name a cool for himself. Guy though. You know, he made a great name for himself. And when we're, you know, the d- bantamweight division is so stacked. I mean, there's so many guys. I mean, for us, we're every weekend we're like, okay, there's five different bantamweights on this card. So I mean, but August 21st,
2: there's a, there's a fight too that I, like I'm I might be out there cornering Baya, but I looked at a fight on there and I was like, I can fight those guys too. It's yeah. uh,
3: we just need two weeks, but for both of us, if they give us two weeks at least. That's a healthy
1: cut. And you're at the right place, too. You yeah. Know? yeah. Uh, you have a great team there. Yeah, I think 135 is probably the most stacked division yeah. right oh, now in the UFC. Exact. So Killers many of them. Everywhere, for sure. But the one thing I did want to circle back to, though, just if you guys have an idea like of what could be the way, regarding the whole fighter or pay situation, though. like uh, Obviously, you guys aren't going to complain. I, there's opportunity for you guys to grow, and uh, rightfully so, but... For everyone from the outside looking in, they're always like, we have a solution, this solution, that. Well, it always comes back to, like, there's no union in this sport. You guys are independent contractors, and you have to work your way up. Do you foresee there being a system or want to see a system in place where you can have some sort of benefits or some sort of financial incentive guaranteed just for choosing the career path of being a professional fighter?
3: Absolutely. This sport has taken everything I've ever owned. I mean, I... (laughs) I have not been able to even get on health insurance. Like I don't have money to have done any adult things in my life because of this sport. Like you know, in this sport to make it to this level, you kind of gotta give everything to be something. And so I think I no I'm not the only one struggling. I see. I know many of my friends. So yeah, I definitely think there should be. I feel like we put our life on the line. And I know me and many others in this. Um, industry, you know, we're prepared to die in
1: there. Do you have health insurance? No, no, I don't have any insurance. Do you have health insurance?
3: No, No, we don't have anything. We don't have dental. And two weeks before my fight, uh, (laughs) I broke my tooth. (laughs) So I have a fake tooth. So two weeks before my fight, my tooth, my front tooth got chipped out, completely out. So I have a crown, and I got my crown only on Monday. Hollywood Dental? Hollywood Dental. Dental. yeah. 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 Uh Yeah. So like two (laughs) weeks before my fight, I'm freaking toothless and I'm like, oh my God. And then Hollywood Dental, you know, they give us a great discount, but even then, pulling out that much money, I didn't even have the money to get a freaking new tooth, you know. So it was like, it's man, it's definitely a sport where I think we should have, you know, some type of benefit. That'd be great. I think, but
2: I think like healthcare obviously is on ourselves. They cover anything that happens on the night, but it, there's a lot of things that don't make sense that I do think needs a system. It's gonna be hard to say that you can pay me and. Maybe that Paddy hoolihan guy, whatever his name is, the same amount to make our debuts because he has millions of people following him compared to me or whatever the case is is different. So, of course, he deserves more money than I do. But then, how can this weekend's bonus be seventy-five thousand and the next week fifty thousand? It's like her bonus has been or her knockout was more slick than some people that earn seventy-five k yeah some
1: I remember they did the 75k in like Texas at yeah. least I know for the. Because
0: Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson yeah, yeah. yeah. Bigger and then in Texas. Sean
2: O'Malley go uh,
0: yeah yes. but I'm like then
2: this last weekend they gave out six bonuses yeah. for performa- for performance, four performance and two so that's like the extra 25 that they add to all the other bonuses but her yeah. week, there was only four bonuses of 50K.
3: I, d- I definitely think there should be something in the future. The sport is still young. And the
2: crypto deal, too. So young. Yeah, yeah the, the crypto, crypto deal, deal is
3: bullshit. Well, is I mean, <laughs> I didn't want to say anything because I'm now one and one in the UFC, but I have a big mouth and I would definitely say how it is. But crypto, that is some bullshit. How do we get no money after $175 billion to the UFC and we don't get one fucking penny? I mean, I'm just saying I'm one and one. I don't give a shit, but. Everyone in this company deserves something from them if we're gonna <laughs> represent them. Now crypto don't be mad. I'm just gonna say like I, I mean think why we deserve does Venom something.
2: give us money? Yeah, to Venom wear gives us money. But crypto, but crypto don't nothing, give us money to wear this And they're stuff.
3: on the shirts, they're on everything.
0: Yeah, did they tell you guys about that. Nothing. We oh, got fucking
3: nothing. nothing. We didn't even
0: get told <laughs> we nothing. Get told we saw nothing. what you guys saw on social media. <laughs> we
3: we, just
2: we saw might like have
0: seen it from
1: <laughs> you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I found yeah. what I found interesting. But it is Conor McGregor. I know when he walked out and like his fight against what he took cla- off the shirt yeah. and just yeah, ran yeah, out. Yeah, because I, I mean, saw it's Kevin Holland right right or
2: someone do that too. They walked in and the camera records like the main event or whatever walking in, and you yeah, he he walked out with his jacket tied around his waist. Yeah, I think it's
3: bullshit. I mean, I, I even said before the fight, because, I mean, you know, when you're cutting weights, you're thinking about everything. All I was thinking of was, like, I want to go on there and just be like, where the fuck is our money? Like, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm very happy I did not do that. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talking about money, I mean, I'm, I hope that fighters speak out about it. Because how is it we're going to represent this company without it getting a dollar?
1: I think the only way it's going to have to come from the top dogs in the sport, yeah. like the champions and stuff like that. That's why I was like, me, me
3: being one and one is not going to say shit. Which that's us. It, it can
2: not be. It's got to be a union. It, it
1: has to be. Because right, otherwise I'm saying just
2: is the top dogs are going to get a deal once they start speaking up. They're yeah. going to get a layer it's, for their own pocket. It's next
1: man up. Like if you, know, you don't want to fight, they'll get someone else to do it. Unless it's structured and organized. I don't yeah. know what that looks like. I, I have no idea. But, like, it just seems like it's a reoccurring theme that everybody continues to bring up. So, I was just curious.
3: Yeah, I actually didn't even hear anything about this crypto thing. And I actually was like, before the fight, I was like, I wanted to go on Twitter and ask, like, yo, do we get any money? But then I didn't want to put that on social media. So then I was like, no. And we don't
2: know who do you ask. Like, who do Do, you ask? Like, crypto we'll do deals with you it's like who do i ask do i go to a yeah like maker? i don't
3: want to sound desperate but dude if we're all wearing crypto right let's work out those uh, deals. yeah so
1: obviously there's negative but there's also positive and the positive must outweigh the negative for us to be at this table and talking right. about in the first place yeah but it, like there's flaws in everything but you just have to hope that the positives outweigh the negatives yeah i'm just glad i didn't say anything i think on
3: camera.
2: like like going back to the question you asked about like in the sport and the fighter pay and stuff, it's like I think the percentage of fighters that fail before making it to this level is bigger than mm. like probably any sport.
3: I feel just we're
2: all we we w- right now out of like South Africa, we three in the UFC and that's the most there's ever been. Ever. But what about the hundreds and hundreds ones that's failed from there?
1: What I find so fascinating about this sport and where we're at right now, and ironically, Dana brought up the name Vince McMahon at the last post-fight press conference because you can't script a better situation than the heavyweight title scenario where you have two former training partners and Francis Ngannou and Cyril Ghosn getting matched up to unify the heavyweight great championship. Story. Huge story, great, and it's perfect. Fight. But it seems like, as a UFC fighter, the pay is not necessarily associated with your performance as it is with your popularity. You know, if you get a bigger following and build your brand bigger, you get some more leverage. Like Sean O'Malley, I mean, look, the UFC, he even pointed this out too recently on his own podcast um, or on his YouTube channel. like. The UFC does not need him. They don't need him. They but don't need if th- they they don't need anyone. Yeah. But if you want someone who can be a star for you and can bring seats or butts in the seats and can sell pay-per-views, he's a guy you can build around. So mm-hmm. it just shows you the value of a brand you can make outside of just performing inside the cage.
3: Yeah, that's actually something that uh you know when I got into this sport Uh, I was just turning about 15 years old and um, I studied all the girls and I started studying the guys and like studying them not like skill wise but seeing how their careers how they're doing it what's the step like I want to know everything so when I do get to that level because I've always known I can get to this level I'm like I want to like I want to know how the promotion works how everything works like do you need to promote yourself in these aspects you know things like that and uh, definitely this game is not just about winning fights it's about it's about the story it's about the stories and selling
2: we can speak as first-hand witnesses of that because i was supposed to fight one week before her on the contender series and i was going to be fight one of the night against nate smith which my fight fell through her fight happened she was the second to last fight of the five fights She won, they rebooked my fight, and then like week 10, they put me as the main event of the show. Yeah. It's like, but before her, my stocks were low. I was the first fight of the night. She wins, and my story gets brought up to her. That night, they keep speaking about me and her, but they like speak about me. Two weeks later, I'm headlining that card. Yeah. It's like, they care about the story, the performance, the way you speak.
3: But I've always said, I've always said, and I will always say, we're not just fighters, we're entertainers. So if they can find someone that's a good entertainer, they're going to keep them around and they'll take care of them from what I've seen.
0: Well, after your last win and the way you won, did you notice like a spike in your social media?
3: Oh, I gained like 85,000 followers. (laughs) That's why I said I put my phone down. (laughs) I put my phone down like a week after and um, that's why I said I didn't feed into it, like I know now bitches are gonna come for me. There was you know a what spike I mean? From like from everywhere. Her it was social a spike media. For spiked.
2: We like got a mail sent to our house and we opened it and it's like someone sent, sent to, me like, twenty dollars. <laughs> this guy sends me a message me on Twitter bucks. and he's like, yeah. I wanna contribute to you guys like two hundred dollars and
3: not just that, just like, a the, sponsorships like, and, like, and like everything spiked up and it's like crazy. I kinda was like, Yo, let me just sit back and breathe for a second. Like I'm not gonna jump into all this like I just wanted to breathe for a second. You know, I am not. I don't have a manager, so, like...
1: Do both of you two not have managers? No, Neither of us, no. no. So
3: this oh. is, like, over the week after the fight, like, my life basically changed, you know? I was, like, I'm, like, I've always prepared for this moment. <laughs> I'm, like, you know what I mean? I was, like, just put my phone down. I'm going to think about everything. Like, who, do, like, I have managers now contacting me. Like, you know, like, a lot of people are now contacting me, but I'm, like... I got to th- make sure, like, everything I do from here on out is best for my family and I.
2: Which which is nice, mm-hmm. w- which we did, or, I mean, we didn't plan on it, but it ha- it ha- just so happened to be, as we both fought on our same night got our ass kicked, and the world hated us.
3: Yeah, they said and we should deserve to during, die.
2: During that time, yeah. until her next fight, a lot has happened with us changing camps, losing managers, so we already started speaking up during that time, like our managers started asking Not questions. Too
3: much, but on Twitter, I would ask about like no one pay would, and stuff.
2: Well, I'm speaking from my point of view yeah. is I've been reaching out to managers, like I need a manager, I need this, but no one contacted me before her fight. Then she won the bonuses stuff and now I get responses and it's like, now do I kinda wanna go with them? You know, it's like I messaged you before she won and you didn't get back to me.
1: There's so many parallels just yeah. from my side of the world, just from being a sports journalist or mm-hmm. the sports personality from just creating the schmo. Right. I created because nobody gave me a chance. Right. And it's such a political game. It had nothing to do with your skill set. It had just to do with did people like, like you or chances, not. Huh? And then when I, when I became the schmo, no one gave me a chance too until I went viral for the first time. And the same people that acted like I didn't exist or anything, they all come cr- uh, yeah. cracking at my yeah. door and trying to be all buddy-buddy mm-hmm. with me, but I've never lost who I am or was, so no. I can relate completely to that. It's like, oh, yeah. you're the same person who never wanted me to be a guest on your show. You're the same person. He doesn't forget. I never forget <laughs> <that>. I never <laughs> show. The same,
0: cause,
1: you know, I, 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 yeah, you, you can, can forgive, forgive yeah. but you can never, <laughs> I never forget. forget. Exactly. I was 100%. about to
2: say that.
3: And that, uh, that's for us. Like I've always said, whenever we... For me as a kid, because I've always been in martial arts, I've always said I'll never let the community change who I am. I always want to stay who I am, and I'm always going to keep the people that I've always believed in stuck by me. And after our debuts, I mean, I was so mad going into this last fight. Like, I even saw a therapist. Like, I wanted to kill everyone. Like, I mean, I was getting death threats. (laughs) We were being told you deserve to die. Like, and I was more mad because I was mad at myself on how I performed. Like, you know... I, it was all bad. Like, I was like, obviously the worst way I could have had a debut is getting head, headlocked forever, you know? Like, it wasn't even a fight. So, and then the disrespect I got from my opponent after, you know? And then I look bad because... Of course, someone jumps in your face, calls you a effing puta, and spits at you. What are you going to do? I mean, you're in a cage. You're locked I rem-
1: up. I remember yeah. that.
3: Yeah. She spit wow. in my face we and called me an effing that. puta.
0: Yeah, we were
1: cage-type yeah. for that. Yeah, and you were pissed. I was yeah.
3: pissed. I mean, I knew I lost the fight. <laughs> she's so, always pissed. So <laughs> when I got up, like, no matter what.
1: The warrior princess. <laughs> every, every fight,
0: she's pissed. <laughs> yeah, I was pissed. Because they're nice so cute.
3: I mean... <laughs> What do, what do you expect? You just get into a fight. I got my head squeezed for, like, nine minutes. Yeah. I tried every way possible to fight this girl, and she didn't engage one time in a fight. So the fact that she fight fights over, I'm like, okay, we're going to get up. We're going to hug. I lost, you know. Fuck it, you know. <laughs> Jumps in my face when the bell rungs. Spits at I me and calls me an effing puta three times.
0: So that's what happened because I had fans, like, asking me, like, hey, what happened, you know, in Cheyenne's fight, like, did her opponent spit on her like what was going on so i'm right. actually glad you clarified that yeah
3: no i the girl she's she's a coward. this was
1: the yeah. debut fight and this is, and this is when you two fought yeah. Yeah. yeah so
3: like obviously after my f- debut like everyone saw a side of me that was like yo like i was cussing this girl i was like i'll fall like all oh, that's real emotion like to be disrespected at this level like come on like, come
1: on. I mean, yeah, no, for all professional athletes and that's why and they're doing a documentary. I'm a huge NBA fan. That's like yeah. one Ron Artest malice in the Palace 2003. He went in the stands and fought with fans because they spat on him and threw shit oh. at him on the court. I would probably have done you the would same, probably do the what's, same shit.
2: what's crazy is that that was what where her mind was at after winning. Yeah. Like yeah. as soon as the ref said stop, she should have known she won that fight. You got a call on one week's notice to step up into the UFC. She took the fight, injured, you got and in. All. So the fight happened. Yeah. You won the fight. You knew you had won. So why didn't you get up and celebrate? Why is your mind at like gussing her? Yeah. Like you already won yeah. the biggest fight of your life. You're in the UFC yeah. undefeated. It's all right.
3: I'll get her again. But yeah, I just had to clarify that because I mean that was why like going into this fight. That was also like a big like. You know, the U.S.C. gave me a lot of love for this fight, too. So, yeah, it was an emotional fight for me.
1: I went back and rewatched this fight. And I'm telling you, her knee, it was centimeters away when you landed that kick. Mark
2: uh, Mark Smith came to me after and he's like, yeah, I had to review that. And he's like, we had to play it from all the angles to make sure. And he's like, it's literally like this far that the hand like releases before the foot. Yeah, Before like my foot was connected. going to her face
3: like when her hand was close. still on
1: the ground. You were that close from that money. Yeah. That money. That bonus. Yeah, that's crazy <laughs> how that, that, that
3: much can make a huge difference. And you know what's crazy is that much could have made people hate me or love me. If I would have gotten DQ, the world would have been like,
0: "Oh, you, you're horrible.
3: You're." I even still get some messages saying that was a legal kick, and I, I literally responded. Someone goes, "That's not what my bank account says," (laughs) because I'm like, (laughs) "What am I supposed to say? Like, I kicked her. You know, like I would have taken the DQ if it was a
0: DQ, but it wasn't. So just leave it." Why do you guys get hate though?
3: Oh, I mean, that's because MMA fans yeah, are you only want
0: some to, of the worst that, people that
3: I know. That show was DQ. That
1: show was DQ. <laughs> yeah. That was Or illegal. don't want to know. Yeah, you don't
3: want to oh. know the MMA fans. They're horrible. I, I love them, but you also There's hate There's two them. sides of
2: them. They hate. They hate yeah. us, and they love her. <laughs> so yeah. they hate us and the the other half is like yo we like you you have such nice feet you have this you have that <laughs> oh the
0: feet oh, and you other, get this oh, the oh she gets many that's why I so, try to like any photo that I wear flip flops I crop <laughs> my feet <laughs> out or yeah. I blur my toes and they're like why they I'm like it. I got six toes I so
2: it's, it's <laughs> haters it's the haters or foot lovers one of the yeah. two yeah. no but I mean we love them after, more I guess after
3: the debut we we saw a lot of people like you know our friends reached out to us but I mean, when I tell you the world was against us on our f- f- debuts, I mean, it was so bad that like, you try not to feed into it, but, and I usually don't feed into it, but I mean, I will say it made me fight with a big chip on my shoulder. Cause I was like, I gotta go out there and shut these people up and show them who I am. And not for them, but for myself mostly. And that was what I really went into this fight with saying was I'm doing this for me because one of us has to go zero and two and it's not me like I know I'm better than that so uh, but yeah after the f- debut people were like you deserve to die you should go to Bellator you fucking suck and I'm like
2: People told me that I was only there because of her. <laughs> and they're like, you're tagging along with your... G-. And I'm I like, was like,
3: okay. People have no idea. <laughs> I guess I never won fights And they'll never have an idea her. of what these people in the UFC do to get to this level. 100%. And I guess like you really do have to block it out. But I will say the haters really made me want to freaking beat this girl.
2: We, we got a bonus. And now people are like... Yo, oh, you're the best. Why, why is your... Why, wh- you're a useless man. You failed as a husband. Why do you let your wife go broke? And yeah. I'm like... We were both broke. <laughs> yeah, we were both broke, <laughs> we were buddy. Both. <laughs> what and are people you talking think
3: because Dana, I I didn't even read what Dana said about the fighter pay because I was like, man, these people think I'm complaining, but I, I saw said Dana said something about and one. I'm one in one. But you know, these people can see a big number, but they don't know what that money all goes to, like payouts.
2: I mean, Do even you know, Dana, there he's like, Oh, she made eighty thousand. She made eighty thousand in the last three months or six months, and it's like.
3: Actually, technically, uh, if, I didn't even make the if 50 yet. If she did make
2: eighty thousand, if if yeah, it comes like it's five, like five weeks, weeks later.
0: Oh wow! Mm-hmm.
2: But even if you do, if she did make eighty thousand clean, then that's a different story. Yeah, but you paid us eighty thousand, but that's like tax takes what? How much of that?
1: Yeah. 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 Well, well, but the beauty behind a lot of this stuff, too, is your uptick in social media, the brand's oh, yeah. reaching out. And now you have an opportunity, and we kind of alluded to that, too, is now you have an opportunity to make some money outside of the cage, right? L- that, like I Both said, you two together, I it think, really would be a great changed sale. our life. Right.
3: Yeah. The win definitely changed our life, and I told him going into this fight, we will never struggle again after this weekend. Damn right. And, uh, you know, one of us had to do it. Luckily, I was up first, and. I I just fought, like I said, with the biggest chip on my shoulder, and, you know, for me, I, I fought for myself and for my family, and at 26 years old, I was like, I'm not happy where I'm at at 26, because if you would have told me at 18 that I was 0-1 and one in the UFC at 25 years old, I would have told you you're out of your fucking mind, you know, so for my own, <laughs> I would have, I would have told you at 25 I'd be mind. close to a title shot, like, because that's, you're 18, yeah. I, I was fighting my whole you life. You wouldn't
1: be in the UFC where you are now if you didn't have that mindset. Exactly. Yeah. Like,
3: And so being 26 now, I'm like, okay, I just turned 26. I'm zero and one. I can go out there and I can fucking m- make a change in my life and make the 20, 21 years of martial arts worth it. Or I can go out there and I can shit the bed like I did my debut. But I feel like God put me in that debut for a reason. I got injured two weeks before the fight really bad. I had to get surgery. But when they called me and told me, Kay Hansen was out on 10 days' notice. It was two days after I got injured, and so I immediately was like, "Oh hell yeah, I'm gonna pull out too because we can reschedule." But then I got it was in the same phone call. They're like, "Kay Hansen's out, but you got a replacement." So I was like, "Okay, fuck it, we're gonna keep fighting." So and the offer was
2: also was like, "You you got a replacement, and so you can fight the same night as your husband, or you can fight two weeks later." And she's like, "No, no, I'm like the story is already there."
3: But anyways. You know, I was like, God, why Why am I injured before my debut? I've worked so hard to get here. You know, I was asking why. And then after the fight, I was like, why did we lose? Like, I could not even believe my eyes. Like, I couldn't believe how fucking bad we lost. (laughs) And then after, like, when you settle down, you get away from the social media, I was like, everything makes sense. We had to make a change in our life. We no longer could be each other's coaches. We made the change. We freaking left everything again. Like, we were actually working so much and coaching so much in Dallas that we were decent with money. Like, we made enough money to pay all of our bills, have a nice house. You know, we were doing well, like, finally doing well ish
2: financially financially doing athletes. yeah
3: n- yeah not as athletes but financially we weren't hurting and you know we were like okay we can stay here have a nice house or we can pack the fuck up go somewhere and just focus on being 100 percent athletes and i feel like having had that debut having been embarrassed like that having been disrespected it was all for me fuel to my fire to come out here and get a first round finish. Like that, for me, that was my first time as a pro getting a first round finish. So for me, it was big. It, it was big for me because I needed that confidence in myself again. And, um, but yeah, like. That, like that loss said, was the best for us though. It was because really good.
2: With so much eyes on us, if we had both won that night. Who knows and how And made it the stayed. history, like, possibly our shit could have exploded. It could have taken a big spike. But it humbled us really bad to the point where we hit the bottom so hard that we were like okay if we fight the same night again what's the worst that can happen we can lose again but it can't get worse than that yeah they actually called
3: us two weeks after our debuts you know i'm getting surgery he's concussed and they're like do you guys want to fight again july 31st and we're like not even crossed our minds we were like like, yes because in order to be great you have to take risk and you know, we took the big risk in our debut. Ahead, I mean, it wasn't a risk, story. but we tried to start a legacy. And, you know, before this fight, um, Eric Nixick, you know Eric Nixik, yes. he was yeah. like, we were texting and um, being back at XC was also very emotional for me because, you know, they built my foundation extreme. And uh, Eric told me that week, he was like, Dan Ige started as a zero and one in the UFC. And then that literally was just like, I was like, you know what? You're right. Like it's not about how you start.
2: Yeah,
3: it's not about how you start. And I felt like finally getting that first UFC win was just like fuck. Like, thank you. Monkey
1: (laughs) off your
2: back.
3: Yeah, it it was very emotional and like It's like we had a
2: redo from the contender. We were supposed to fight a week apart, mine fell off, she fought, had a great performance, then I fought, had a great performance. So now it's like the same. Yeah. Hopefully We back. we him lost. Now. She fought, had a great performance. Hopefully, like, but yeah. we go back to that step.
3: Yeah, it was definitely great, but I try not to think about that win too much because now I'm like, I just got to go and do it again, and he's got to do it again. <laughs> but.
0: Well, I know after your fight, you said you're open to basically fighting anybody, right? That yeah, for sure. I
3: mean, I always say yes to everyone. I mean, I've... I mean, I guess my last manager is the only person that always told me, like, no, you can't just fight anyone. Because if you called me and told me I'm fighting the champion next week, I'll be like, oh, fuck, okay, we're fighting the champion, you know. But, yeah, I mean, this division stacks. So there's a lot of good fights for me, and there's a lot of opportunity. There's, you know, there's many girls in below the top 15 that are available, I think. So I haven't really got to sit down and look at the full roster, but I have a few girls in mind.
1: Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you two coming in the Schmo Zone. Inspirational story. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, love that you guys are willing to fight on the same card. I love that you guys are probably together just as much, if not more. I'm glad <laughs> yeah, yeah. we know that. another we were couple. We couple. <laughs> we're
3: glad to know because it's people proof that don't it can't understand.
0: Hundred percent. Hundred percent.
1: I'm not training. So she's training for the 50 free for the Olympics okay. um, oh, uh, wow. for 2024. 20, yeah so i train with her not all the time during the week (laughs) but like at least half of her training how does it go let's
0: hear this that's why when you guys are talking about that i was laughing because (laughs) so now we have a trainer because when the pandemic started he was like oh let's go to the park you know because he's like begging me to work out i'm like
1: well she she was not working out at all
0: for like 13 years after i quit swimming um, I just, you know, long story why I quit, I just didn't want to think about those memories anymore. Yeah. And I, you know, gained like 70 pounds, like, and then it, it was just over. So David's like, please, I, I need to work out to be happy every day. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to work out. I just <laughs> I, love, I love being Dude, lazy. You have to. So then he's like, lazy. <laughs> so, I can't wait to be lazy too. I can't. So then he's like, well, what would it take? And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to just work out if I do like my childhood dream was to make the Olympic trials and swimming okay. and so he supported me and started taking me like to the park because everything shut down oh I was so out of shape but I hated when he started coaching me. He got, like, rude, like, and yeah. all this stuff, and bossy. And I'm like, I can't have supportive. you coach me. You he supportive. <laughs> He's supportive of so your dreams, I but it, there's never going to be a good lining yeah. for it. There's well, never a good lining. Even now, so he hired me a trainer. <laughs> and nice, And we go nice. see him. So when the trainer leaves for a minute and we're doing this, like, workout, he'll all of a sudden be like, oh, you're doing it wrong, or you got to do that. <laughs> I get so I, pissed. Uh, me too. I, know, I look like at I can't. Her. No, you, you do, it's yeah. not motivated. You pissed me yeah, off. Yeah, you baby. pissed me off no, too. No, it's okay. Is <laughs> so co- you guys understand. It's crazy.
2: The coach will say, Don't put this thing like this. And she'll be like, okay, but if I said it before, don't put it like this. I like, why? It doesn't it. make a difference.
1: Yeah. That's no, <laughs> I it's same thing to like <laughs> for everything too. Like when she finally started doing pull-ups without band assistance and yeah. doing the body weights, like, then she'll just jump and like ease down and just uh, like just little things here and there that i want to say exactly but it doesn't matter if i'm saying it It she will not yeah Yeah.
3: my last sparring actually um, he was just pissing me off i don't know for what he was just pissing me off the fact i just looked at him and i was just like pissed i was just
2: married to her yeah he was
3: just being i don't know nothing it was just weight cut and the coach, has, uh, he was, you know, because we came here in the seven week and my head coach, Dennis Davis, wasn't able to corner me because he was for Bellator the same night. So I made JP my my head guy since we he we know a little bit more. And like uh, Eric and Ray's my head striking coach. So if it hit the ground, he would speak. But in my last sparring, after the three rounds I did, my coach ray was talking to me and then he would speak and whenever he would speak i would just kind of like eye at him i didn't say anything i would just eye you know, at him she
2: asked for tips and everyone yeah. gave Every- tips except my tips yeah
3: i didn't want his tip but then after <laughs> he gave a tip then my coach ray comes and he goes shane come here and then he's like listen jp he's not your husband this whole week. week this whole week and this is fight week and he was like he's not your husband this week your he's coach. coach JP and I was like we came here to not be each other's coaches and I'm like yes sir you know what I mean you just like in my head help. I'm like screaming but then I'm like it yes didn't sir help. yeah
1: raise oh. raise the type of guy you have to give him that respect He's such oh a man right yeah. raise yeah. like awesome. a father figure to yeah. me
3: yeah I dislocated my my elbow in a fight on my last army fight and I was yelling at the okay, man I sound like I'm always mad but I was yelling at uh Mark you Smith was the earlier, referee I said
2: she's always pissed Mark huh?
3: Smith was the referee which me and Mark Smith are kind of like friends you know he's refed me for many years in many of my fights and yeah he was in there and then the doctor came in Every, there was like 10 people in there trying to get me out of this cage and I'm yelling at everyone I was like no I'm fine and my all, elbows like all out dislocated and uh, next thing you know, Ray came in when Ray was like, Cheyenne, get the fuck out of this cage. I was like, yes, sir. We're walking out right now. Yeah. <laughs> if Ray said something, listened says something, I listen to Ray. Yeah. <laughs> but him, not so much.
1: <laughs> for sure. Man, we could talk to you guys forever. We'll, we'll do it again. Yes. Uh, final thoughts you want to leave the audience with for the Schmozone podcast?
0: Uh, no, just thank you guys for having us. <laughs> yeah, we truly thank you. appreciated it. Thank well, you thank you guys, and we hope to see you guys back in the Octagon soon. And David will message Chris is soulless.
1: <laughs> well, we we put that out to the universe. Yeah. We'll see what we That's could do. Right.
0: I think it would be a That's great right.
3: fight. Chris, no hard feeling. I, yeah, I, would, I like I would like a fan of the guy too. Like we were watching him and we were like, this would be an awesome fucking fight. So yes, I so think what? Chris would be down.
2: I just want to fight. Yeah. Yeah, we just want to fight anyone. <laughs> we'll, we'll
1: see what we could do. Yeah. Absolutely. Episode seventy-three of the Schmo Zone Podcast. We yeah. are out. <laughs>